Gracious and loving God, may only your words be spoken. May only your words be heard. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning, St. Matt's. It is so good to be with you here this morning, though not under the circumstances any of us would have liked. Uh, a blessing and welcome to those of you who are worshiping here in person and also to those of you who may be joining us online. And I think there is probably at least one spy watching online, so we'll say hello to Reverend Marissa uh, as she's waiting to hear just exactly what the bishop will say. Uh, as many of you know, Marissa and I have known each other for almost two years uh, as we met as part of the bishop uh, search process uh, in the Episcopal Church in Connecticut. And for that time, I have been hearing her say, I can't wait for you to come to St. Matt's. I can't wait for you to meet the community and see what we are about. And for two years, I have been saying, I can't wait to be with you. And then about a Two weeks ago, I had a parish who needed to change their Sunday morning visitation, and I suddenly found myself without a place to be, which makes a bishop anxious. And then a day later, I got a call from Marissa, and I knew exactly where I was going to be. So continued prayers for healing and recovery for Marissa. And thank you for being here, and I hope that you will drive equally safely on your way home for those of you who travel. This gospel from Mark that we read this morning ought to be quite familiar and fresh in your mind because we recently heard it during Advent. In Advent, of course, the focus in this gospel is on John the Baptist, preparing the way for the one who would come after. John the Baptist's story takes our place in our season of longing and waiting and expectation. And here, because we are now in year B, the year when we read Mark as our central gospel theme, we get Mark's story of Jesus' baptism, but this time the focus is on Jesus, on Jesus' baptism on this first Sunday after the Feast of the Epiphany. Advent, Christmas, Epiphany. We are now in this season when we pay special attention to how it is God makes God's self known in the world, how it is the amazing truth that God came and dwelt among us in Jesus Christ is made known to the people around in Jesus' baptism, at the wedding feast in Cana, transfiguration of Jesus on the mountain, all of these times when other people were able to witness what God knew, that the Word had come and was made flesh. I love this story. I love Mark. Mark is the earliest, we believe, of all the Gospels, and so it's the shortest on flowery language. It's this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. And you'll notice that this Gospel reading, Jesus' baptism, is where Mark says the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. In Mark, there's no shepherds, no manger, no magi. Mark, there is no in the beginning was the word. That's John. Mark starts the story of the good news that it was that God had came and into the world and was made one of us to live among us, to show us 
what it was God was about, to show us what it looked like when love became incarnate, when love became human. So we have this story where Jesus comes to the River Jordan where John the Baptist was doing the John the Baptist thing and baptizing people for their sins. And you can imagine the whole humanity of the time coming to the edges. You can imagine the types of people who were desperate enough to say, well, I don't know, nothing else in my life is working. Maybe that John has something to offer me. Sure, I'll go. Sure, I'll dunk myself in the River Jordan with all of these other people. And it's there that Jesus goes. And not just goes and watches from the sidelines, but gets in, immerses himself in the same River Jordan like everybody else. It's there in Mark's Gospel, in Mark's version, that Jesus hears you are my son, my beloved. With you I am well pleased. In Mark, it's Jesus that sees the heavens open and the Spirit descend like a dove. It's one of my very favorite sentences in Scripture. You are my beloved, my child. In you I am well pleased. I like it because it's not just self-help. It's not just, I'm okay, you're okay. Don't worry about it. It is the central theme of what God had been trying to tell God's people since that reading from Genesis. God loved the world so much that God made the world. What more incredible act of love is there than to create us? to welcome us into relationship with God. And then we didn't quite get it, so God said, well, maybe kings and queens will help them figure it out. I'll send matriarchs and patriarchs, and we didn't quite get it. So maybe prophets is what they need to, to know how much I love them. So God sent us prophets, and guess what? We didn't get it. And so God said, all right, I know what I have to do. I'm going to go there myself, right? If you want a job done correctly, do it yourself, God thinks. So God comes and has been made born among us. And still not yet were we getting it. And so once again, God in Jesus says, I'm going to go there myself. I'm going to put myself in place with the people who I'm trying desperately to let them know how much God loves them so that they might live their lives as though that's true. That they might wake up in the morning and know their belovedness before God so that they treat each other as though that were true. So that they treat the planet as though that were true. So that they are in relationship with me, God says, as though that were true. I imagine God thinking, why don't they get it? Why is it so hard for them to understand how much they are loved by me? That they're actually going to absorb it and live their lives as though it were true. 
And of course, if you're paying attention, you know we're still having trouble getting it. Still having trouble, I think, for ourselves, believing how much we are beloved by God. You may think you know how much you are beloved by God, but I promise you, you do not know the depths of God's love for you. Because the closer we get to God, the closer we long to be with God, the longer we want, the longer, the more longing we have to be closer to God. None of us on this side of the veil are as close to God as God wants us to be. And so there is continual draw closer, come closer, come closer. This story of Jesus' baptism, I like to imagine that moment when Jesus is submersed underwater. Can you imagine yourself underwater? Do you remember diving in, jumping into a pool, staying underwater? Just when you think you can't do it anymore, you come out of the water and your lungs fill with air. And as Jesus emerges from the water and takes that first inhale, it's there that God hears, I love you. You're my beloved. With you I am well pleased. I like to imagine what Jesus was thinking when Jesus was underwater. Before the assurance. Before the promise. Was Jesus underwater thinking, I hope this works. I hope I have this right. I hope I'm in the right place. Am I ready for this to begin, God? Am I ready for where this journey will take me when I lift my head up out of the water? Am I ready to climb back up the banks and into the world that won't get it, that won't get me, that won't get what I'm trying to teach. Am I ready? I like to imagine Jesus that morning over breakfast. I don't know what Jesus would have for breakfast. Well, Jesus is over breakfast, in my version, cup of coffee, thinking, am I ready for this? Is today the day? I know they're all down there at the river. I know that's where I need to go. Am I ready? We believe that Jesus was about 30-ish when this story happened. 30 years of wondering, is today the day? Is now the moment? Am I ready to begin this life God has called me to in earnest? Many of us, I love when we get to renew our baptismal vows without an actual baptism. I know that sounds counterintuitive. People love little babies in church. But one of the things I love about renewing our baptismal vows when there's not a baby present is I think sometimes we can get distracted thinking the baby is the only one getting themselves ready for the work that God has them to do. It's easy to point at the baby and say, isn't that cute? I remember when I was baptized. Or I remember looking at pictures of when I was baptized. I remember stories. I remember when my child was baptized. Wasn't that cute? Wasn't that quaint? 
But friends, what we are about to do is about today. It's about now. It's about you asking yourself, breath underwater, are you ready? It's about you anticipating, joining with God again and hearing God say to you, you're my beloved, my child. Are you ready to act like it? Are you ready to treat one another as though that's true? It's not something that happened to you once and done at your baptism. That happens every day God calls you to that. We used to have a banner outside of the church that I served that said, uh, God loves you, no exceptions. People loved that banner. Oh, did they love that banner. People walked by and wrote us messages. We love that banner. We love that message of welcome and inclusion. God loves you, no exceptions. I said, that's true. That's half the message. We need another banner next to that. God loves you, no exceptions. God loves you far too much to leave you where you are. God loves me, no exceptions. And God loves me, I pray, too much to leave me where I am. God loves me enough to continually call me deeper. Deeper into relationship with God. Deeper in relationship to my service. How I live out my belovedness in the world. God loves us, no exceptions. God loves us too much to leave us where we are. It's hard sometimes when you look around and there's lots of messages we like to interpret as maybe we're getting this wrong, maybe it's useless, maybe it's futile. What's the future of the church? What's the future of the world? What's the future of my community? What's the future of me? And I think in that is when we have to remember that God gets in the river. God doesn't wait for us to figure it all out. God doesn't wait for us to cross the river, to be perfect, to have it all figured out before God is waiting for us on some other side we can't figure out how to attain. God comes to where we are, just like Jesus came to the River Jordan. God gets in the river with us, in the muck, in the messiness, in the unexpected, in the unknown, in the brokenness, just like Jesus did in the River Jordan. God gets in it with you. Wherever you are, God is there with you. And God pulls you up out of that water. Breathe the Holy Spirit into your lungs like that first breath and whispers in your ear, you are my beloved, my child, and you I am well pleased. And then points to the riverbank and says, go. Go into the world and act like it. Amen.